Thank you for joining us today for the first of two Christmas episodes. Suzanne and I are true believers in the magic and wonder of Christmas. However, in this episode, we will be talking about all the behind the scenes activities that have made our holidays special over the years. So it may contain a few holiday spoilers. For that reason, you may want to listen to this episode in a kid-free zone. With all that shared, why don't you bring us in, Riley? Welcome back, everyone, to the next episode of Orange Juice Optional. And I know I sound very excited, and that's because I am. We are within 12 days of Christmas now. And as you all know, Christmas is my very favorite holiday season. Actually, it's not just a day. It's a whole season, everything from Thanksgiving to New Year's. So I am here with uh, my co-host, Suzanne. How are you doing today? Good. And I'm feeling the same way you are. It would be hard for Christmas not to be our favorite because it is a whole season. It is. Yeah. For me, that season started back in the beginning of November when I decorated my house. And you know, I will say, I'm going to call out my son Cameron here, give him some credit. I talked to him on the phone and he told me he didn't mind that I decorated early this year because everybody could use a little cheer. Oh, that's a good attitude. I'm going to tell you what my son did. So you decorated a couple weeks ago, right after Halloween. Is that right? Right after Halloween? Yes, November 2nd. Right. And then I decorated my shop November 8th, Sunday. I had people come in. It took five of us all day to put up trees. And by the end of the day, we were exhausted because you have to put up all the decorations. You have to basically transform your shop in one day so that when people come in, the next Monday, everything's ready to go. It looks like Christmas. And it's not as easy or as simple as it seems because you have to decorate, you have to unpack everything, you have to price everything, you have to make sure it's been accounted for in your inventory. It is a huge process. And to try to do it in a day, even with five people, it's tough. Anyway, I went home that night at the end of the day my feet were killing me, my whole body hurt, and my Christmas tree that I had just ordered was up. My son, while I was gone, put up the Christmas tree. Oh, that's so sweet. I know. And I walked in the front door. I saw it when I pulled in the driveway, which was so exciting. There was my tree in the window. And then I walked in the front door and Christmas music was playing. Oh, there's nothing better. I know. And we order all of our food online right now because of COVID. He ordered everything to make Christmas cookies. And he and I are going to make homemade spiked eggnog that has to, it takes like two weeks to make. So we're going to have homemade eggnog with bourbon. Of course. <laughs> For Christmas. Nice. Yeah. So he had, I, I, he and his wife, Jamie, of course, they had everything ready to go. This is our first Christmas not in Alaska. And it was a tough decision for us to make. So he was trying to make 
it feel like Christmas. And you were at the shop all day getting ready to give others cheer. And he gave you cheer when you got home. I yes, love that. Right? That Just makes the, me so happy. The spirit of Christmas. The spirit yeah. of Christmas. And speaking of the spirit of Christmas, I'm looking at this champagne that we'll be enjoying today. And I'm thinking it needs raspberries. Something oh, red that's a spark. Fun. That's fun. I like it. I was trying to think of something green, but all I could think of was lime, and that doesn't sound very good in champagne. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I think we'll stick with the raspberries. Okay, so no orange juice today. No. Nope. That option's out the window, and we'll go with raspberries. We'll take it. Okay, well, let's jump right in. How's your Christmas shopping going? Oh, my God. I haven't even... Well, okay. I take that back. I was going to say I haven't even started. And usually by now, I'm about done. But it's one of those things that it got away from me. And I kept, I think I kept thinking, I'm just going to do it all online anyway. And I'm, I'm a foot shopper normally. I go into malls. I go into the stores. I spend days handpicking things. And so to do it online seems very... Anticlimactic. Yes. And, and I think, and I feel like I can do it quickly, but when I, I started looking at things on my kids lists, um, this past weekend and everything is sold out <laughs> and it's like, Ooh, maybe I shouldn't have waited so long. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, that would cause quite a problem, but you know me, I think I shared this in an earlier episode that I love going to the shopping mall, Right. but right now it just stresses me out because of COVID and Christmas and some people are in really good moods and some people are not. Right. And now you can have only so many people in the store. So a lot of the stores you might want to go into, there's a line outside of them. I know, right? Lines. I am not a patient person. It's easier for me to get online and do it. Yeah. And here in Phoenix, there's a great outdoor shopping area, or I shouldn't say in Phoenix, we're actually in Scottsdale. And I love to go there to do Christmas shopping, but I'm not the only one that seems to want to do that. I drove through there the other day and I couldn't find a parking spot and they must have 10,000 parking spots at that shopping center. So I just kept on driving and I didn't stop. It's not worth it. No. And I did see the lines of people waiting to get in the store because they limit. And it's like, who has time for that? Who has time to stand in line to get into a store to shop. It's like, it takes enough time to just do the shopping. But when you have to wait in line to get in, it's difficult. That's why I never really liked Black Friday. People would start lining up right after Thanksgiving dinner. And in Alaska, you're going to freeze your butt off. Right. And here it's just, why? And now they have such great deals online and they started before Black Friday, you can go on there and they're making it, they're trying to make it easy to get our business. And I I do appreciate that. Right. I appreciate it to some extent, but as a small business owner. I know, I know. It's tough. It's tough. I still feel bad about saying that Amazon's in my budget. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I... um... I appreciate people who choose to shop local and and my store is very small. It is really nice. And fortunately with my store, I only have a couple people at a time come into the store. It's not like it's not like I ever have a line out the door 
because I have to limit how many people come in. People come in in their leisure and they spend as much time as they want and then they leave. And I want it to be a a feeling, an experience, not just, uh, I got to get these gifts and get out of here. And it definitely is an experience and you and all your staff do make people feel very welcome. And I love going in there. Right. But I wonder how different it would have been had it, had COVID not happened. And so many people find the convenience of shopping online and kind of are missing that experience of shopping in person and getting that shopping experience where you have decorations and Christmas music. And I, of course, burn Christmas candles in my store. So it smells good. And you kind of miss that shopping online. You definitely do. And that, you know, there's always the store Santa that, that that's there at the mall. Right. And I just wonder, would I ever see Suzanne get her picture taken with the store Santa? No. Do you want to think about it at all? <laughs> no. Did you ever let your kids? But my, all of my kids did. Oh, good. Yeah. But yes. my, we would take our kids down. Of course, you know me. I had to find the perfect Santa. I couldn't have some Joe Blow Santa. I know which one you picked. Yeah, I did. I picked the same Santa. He was a great Santa at Nordstrom in Anchorage. Yes. He was a he was as close to the real Santa as possible. I mean, and he was Santa for as long as my kids were kids. Right. And being that it's Logan's first year. If right. Rob still had his beard, I would loan him out. That would have been great. That would have been a good thing because we were just talking about that. All Okay, I know in another episode, we talked about some of the experiences that Jamie and Greg were robbed of when Logan was born in the time of COVID, like meeting family. But we were just bemoaning that the other day. You know, Logan's not going to get his first Santa picture. He's not going to get to see Santa this year. He would probably be terrified of Santa. I was. My parents have that picture of me with yeah. his face like, get yeah. me out of here. Yeah. Well, and one of the unique things with Logan is, you know, he spent the first three months of his life around only his mom and dad. He never saw another human being in his first three months of life. And then Jeff and I came along in May and so he got to know us, but the terror in his eyes when he when I picked him up for the first time, the terror in his eyes was like, oh, my God, you're not my mom. Who the hell are you? Wow, that had to be devastating for you. <laughs> I was kind of expecting it. Oh, good. At least you would prepared yeah. yourself. I still would have taken it personally, but not. I right. Guess. So if Logan had to meet Santa, it would not be the experience we all would want it to be anyway. He would be terrified. Maybe it could be Santa Jeff. So maybe there's a little bit of familiar, I can't say that word. How do you say it? Familiarity. In the eyes or something that he would notice? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Or in the voice? But we know that he's, most likely he's not going to meet Santa this year, but that's okay. There's always next year to terrorize him. That's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I hope he's not terrorized by it. Yeah. Yeah. My dad, uh, I used to work at a preschool. My mom was a director. So I worked with my mom there. My dad graciously every year, and he loved it, would dress up as Santa Claus. Oh. And he, the stories he could tell. I wish I had him on the phone right now. But the one I'm remembering was there was a little boy who came up and my dad's like, what do you want for Christmas? Or no, he said, have you been a good boy this year? And the little boy said, Santa, I sure have, but my brother over there hasn't. So 
things like that. Like, how about the mouth of babes? Right. They tell it how it is. Oh, that's so sweet. Yes. I wish you were here to, or I wish I had a better memory to remember. Right. All his stories. He had some great ones. Oh, I bet he did. So what else do you enjoy the most or do you remember enjoying the most about Christmas time, about pre-Christmas, about the 12 days of Christmas and the 12 days leading up to Christmas? Well, when I was younger, I liked two weeks of Christmas break. Oh, I'm not going to yeah, lie no to kidding. get to sleep in and to watch The Price is Right and <laughs> right? catch up on my soap opera. You know, my I know. I What soap opera did you watch? I watched all my children. I watched Young and the Restless and Days of Our Lives. Oh. Another World. Oh, I watched mainly all my children. For, I never watched that one. Oh, my gosh. And I watched it from the time I was 10. I started watching it. I had like the flu or something. I was home from school for like 10 days. And I got hooked on all my children when I was 10 years old. And I watched it until it went off the air. Wow. I know, right? I didn't know it was off the air. <laughs> I can't. I It's been off the air for like 10 years, I think. A long time. Okay. Well, I yeah. stopped watching mine quite a while back. But every once in a while, I'll just look at an update. Yeah. We would always do something fun. We had our traditions. And um, again, one year, my parents hired a Santa Claus oh. to come because that was the year I started questioning. I don't really know. Oh, wow. They went all out. Yeah. I didn't really know if Santa Claus was real. And I kept looking it up. And I even, okay, I'm, okay, I'm going to tell this on myself. I even went and got a dictionary and looked up the words Santa Claus. <laughs> it says a fictional character. <gasps> oh. It does in the dictionary. And I took it and I showed it to my parents. <gasps> wow. And so they really still wanted me to believe. So that year they did hire a Santa Claus and he wow. came to our house. And how old were, were you? Probably really <laughs> old. 13. <laughs> Not that old, but like probably fourth or fifth well, grade. Yeah. I mean, it was back in the right. Early and if you 80s and if you knew stuff. to look it up in a dictionary, you had to have been ten at least. Yeah, probably. I, I mean, I don't to mean believe. to put. I don't mean to put you on the spot. No, you don't put me on the spot. I I just wanted to believe because Christmas is about the magic in a child's. I, I mean, I know that's not all it's about, but for me, one of my favorite things about Christmas is seeing the wonder in a right. child's eyes to see the lights for the first time and all the ornaments up and just the whole experience. Absolutely. Nobody sees it like a child does. Absolutely. I have this really funny story about my nephew, Gavin. A couple of years ago, uh, he had his elf on the shelf and he was younger. So he still believed in the elf on the shelf and he believed in Santa Claus. And uh, he was playing in a hockey tournament down in Kenai. Which okay. Is a couple hours out of Anchorage. And he didn't want to go to the tournament at first because how would the elf find him? Right. And his mom's like, the elf knows everything. I'm sure the elf will find you wherever you are. So they go to the hotel, go to bed. When they wake up in the morning, the elf is there. And he is so excited that the elf found them in Kenai. They go to breakfast and then they're headed for him to go play hockey. And the room they, we're in was on the bottom floor. Uh-huh. And so he ran over to the window and looks in just as the housekeeper picks up the elf. Oh, well, no. if you know anything about the tradition of the elf, 
you can't touch it or it's not going to come back. The kid starts wailing. Oh, no. Wailing and crying so hard. No, put my elf down. You can't touch him. And his dad and mom tried to calm him down. His dad was mad at the mom because why are you making our kids soft and bringing that elf around? And uh, he didn't play very well at (laughs) hockey. And so I can't remember exactly the the remedy of that, she either told him to pray really hard or oh. to send love. and But the elf showed up the next morning. Well, of course. But it was a tough 24 hours. Right. I'm sure it was a tough 24 hours. And, you know, the thing that goes back to the magic and the wonder of a child at Christmas, because you can convince them of almost anything. When the housekeeper comes and moves, pick, touches the elf and, you know, the kid realizes, oh, my God, it's... You can talk your way out of that because you can get that child to believe anything you tell them. Once they stop crying because they've been traumatized now by this elf. Right. Right. And tough 24 hours, but the elf came back. Right. Okay. But so I just want to say that I'm pretty sure that I created the elf on the shelf, even though I know I didn't. But way back in the day when my daughter was like, and I don't know how long the Elf in the Shelf has actually been commercialized and put on the market, but my daughter was five and she's, you know, in her thirties now and she was kind of a peanut. And so I used to tell her that there was an elf watching her and you, she couldn't see the elf, but I could. And I used to tell her that. And it's like, and if he gives me any indication that you're not behaving yourself, that's one less present under the tree for you. And she bought it hook, line, and sinker. She was like five. And that elf made it all the way through the Christmas season. And it was a couple years later then that Kathy Lee Gifford used to talk about her elf on the shelf in her household. But this was long before it was like, And I'm pretty sure that Kathy Lee Gifford had something to do with the marketing of it eventually because it became so popular after she would talk about it on her talk show with Regis Philman on Kathy. She would talk every morning about the elf on the shelf. And I would say, yeah, I have that same elf in my house. I do that all the time. So I think it was pretty much originally my idea. Well, it's a great idea. I didn't make any I didn't make any money off of it though. Better than some of the other ideas I've seen or read out there. And I'm sure they're just joking, but Uh, probably someone's done this. I read something where it's like if your kids are misbehaving and you want to get their attention, walk over to the tree, pull out an empty box that's been wrapped like a present and throw it in the fire. (laughs) How mean. It's really mean. How traumatizing. That is so terrible. I hope they were joking. Like when I I read that, I hope they were joking. No kidding. That is so stupid. And I really don't think any of my kids have ever admitted to me that they don't believe in Santa Claus because I told them once they tell me they don't believe he doesn't come anymore. Oh, And I think he's just the spirit of Christmas. And as long as you believe Uh and as long as you keep that magic in your heart, he still comes. Okay. Well, we'll go with that. I don't really remember my kids consciously learning that there was no such thing as Santa. I don't know when that kind of just phased out, but it did eventually phase out and it became about other things other than Santa coming. But yeah, I know some people like 
would open all of their presents from family and friends Christmas Eve. And then on Christmas morning, they would have the Santa gifts. What was your tradition? (laughs) Let's talk about my tradition because I had to force our tradition because we were very fortunate on one hand, because my mom and dad and all of my siblings lived in Alaska and Jeff's mom and his dad and his dad's wife and his siblings all lived in Alaska. And we had the first grandchild. My daughter was the first grandchild on both sides of the family. So in those early years, we would do Christmas Eve afternoon at Jeff's dad's and then Christmas Eve night at Jeff's mom. And then Christmas Day, my dad was a pastor. So we always waited until after church on Christmas Day. And we did Christmas Day at my mom and dad's. And we never had time to have Christmas for us because we were always going from house to house to house. And as my kids got a little bit older, like I'm talking five or six, one of them inevitably would end up sick so that we would either end up in an emergency room somewhere or we'd have to skip, you know, one of the day, one of the houses. And, and at one point I finally said enough, we will do everything on Christmas Eve and we are going to stay home on Christmas day. We do not leave our house. And so if you want to see us on Christmas day, you come to us. And so that became our tradition. I probably, by the time our kids were approaching high school age, so junior high and late elementary school. I love the other part of your tradition that goes with Christmas. Oh, your Christmas meal. Like you should share. This is genius. (laughs) Well, it is. It goes along with the same thing because, you know, how many when you go to your dad's house first and then you go to your mother-in-law's house and then you go to your parents' house, pretty much you get the same meal for three different times. I'm sure it wasn't lasagna. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Although that is my favorite. And my sister-in-law always makes me lasagna on Thanksgiving. We talked about that in the Thanksgiving. Yes, we did. Sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so we have turkey, you know, we have the meal on at Grandpa Bill's house and we have had the meal at Grandma Colleen's house. And then we had the meal at my mom and dad's house. And um, it was all great. So the year I said, okay, we're going to stay home on Christmas. We're not leaving the house on Christmas. I told the kids, our Christmas dinner is going to be, you get to pick your favorite food and that's what we're going to have. And so I make everyone's favorite food on Christmas day. Wow. That had to be a little bit risky when they were younger because you could have ended up with pizza, mac and cheese, Cool Ranch Doritos. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the fun in it, but I'm sure their tastes have evolved since then or... Actually, no, it really hasn't. It's all... That's a dinner I would like to go to. Yeah. We have added people to the families because now we have Jamie and Matt my son-in-law and my daughter-in-law. So they now get to pick their favorite food. But from the beginning, I'll just go down the list. Um, Jeff always picks king crab legs because I'm allergic to shellfish. We never have shellfish in the house. So on Christmas day, he gets to make king crab legs. My daughter, Katie, picks nachos every year. So we have nachos. My son, Greg always picks prime rib. So we'll have a prime rib. 
and my son Eric always picks spinach dip. And so we a little something for everybody. Yep. And then my daughter-in-law, Jamie, always picks mashed potatoes. Um, because she loves, and my kids never have had mashed potatoes. You don't like them. I hate mashed potatoes and I never fix anything I don't like. And then Matt hit, picks, okay, and I don't, I'm going to butcher this, but I think it's called latkes, which are potato pancakes. It's a traditional Jewish meal. I don't know which, but that's what he wants. So we have two potato dishes. We have the latkes and then we have the mashed potatoes. Nice. And what does Suzanne pick? I usually pick a dessert just because there's no other sweet in that whole. And that's probably the thing that changes from year to year. It just depends on my mood. Do you just order like a nothing bun cake? Not when you're in Alaska. They don't have. Oh, that's true. Because this is your first Christmas here. Right. Maybe that's what we'll do this year. We'll have have like a chocolate peppermint cake. Yeah. I think that's what we'll do is we'll have a nothing bun cake. I might just have to come to town and pick one up. I know. Chocolate peppermint. Yeah. Extra frosting. (laughs) Yeah. I always get the extra. Yeah. I know. So, so that's our, what do you do for your Christmas meal? Wow. We don't do anything. It changes every year, just right. Nothing like that. I love that tradition, and maybe moving forward, I should start practicing it. It'll be either a lasagna or a prime rib. Rob right. loves prime rib, and he likes to cook it. Our right. parents like it, so that's probably what it'll be this year. Oh, sounds so good! I love prime rib. Yes, yeah, but there, but I hate making prime rib because it's so messy to clean up. Oh, I get to clean up. Yeah. He makes it. He does his genius part of it. Right. He does. I got him this really cool Christmas gift last year. It was called a meter. And there are no wires to it. You stick it in the meat and it'll tell your phone when it's ready. Very cool. That might be a good Christmas gift. Yes. And it's got a magnet component. So you can just, you know, stick it to your fridge. Yeah. Send me a link to that because that'd be a great gift for Jeff. He loves it. Yeah. Better yet. He tells it a meter. Yeah. M-E-A-T-E-R. Yeah. Okay. I just got a message from them. They fill up my inbox. (laughs) I do a lot of online shopping. I love that. That's a great idea. Yes. So that is our Christmas dinner. And so one of our favorite family traditions, and it means so much to me, actually happens on Christmas Eve. I love to go to a Christmas Eve service. And when we were back home in Anchorage, that was always possible. We had a church to go to. And the last couple of Christmases, we've been here in Arizona. And it's hard to go into a church that you don't know much about. It is. And a couple years ago, Rob and I went to a service with our parents. It was a Lutheran service because we're both Lutheran. And when the pastor started talking, he said that there was no donkey in the Christmas story. (laughs) And Rob lost it. I don't think he's been to a Christmas Eve service (laughs) since then. He's like, what the hell, Michelle? Do you think she walked 1,395 miles? Were there Ubers there to take her? It really upset him. It has caused this debate for years in our family, whether or not there's a donkey. So if he's ever bothering me a little bit, I'll be like, and there's no donkey in the Christmas story. And it'll just set him (laughs) off like that. So um, Christmas Eve service is very important to me. Rob, if we could find the right church to go to here, we would, or he would go. And that's just 
a big tradition for us, Christmas Eve service, and then we'll go out to eat dinner somewhere. And then when the kids were younger, we always let them open a present, just one present. Right. And they would always try to figure out where that one gift was and just to see them, you know, scramble around there. Oh, fun. And one of the funnest years is we were here in Havasu with all four boys. We celebrated Christmas a little bit early because they had another family. Each of them had their other families to celebrate Christmas for. And I decided that the kids needed suitcases. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, Yeah. they were awesome. They were the same suitcase, just in four different colors. Right. And I knew the kids would be disappointed when they opened them, but I wrapped them up. But what they didn't know is inside each one of those suitcases was an iPad. (laughs) iPads had just come out and they would actually have to be excited enough about the suitcase to open it up. And it took a little while, but they were pretty happy when they were not happy with the suitcases. But one of them opened it up and found the the iPad in there and they were pretty happy. That was a great idea. Until they realized our internet at that house sucked. (laughs) Yeah, that seems to be the case in every every household in Arizona. I don't know why the internet's always so crappy here, but it is. So it ended up costing us a pretty penny to give them money Uh to go to McDonald's and sit and use their free internet. (laughs) Oh, that's the reality of those great Christmas memories, really. Yes. Yeah, so I have to ask you, because okay. this is a another point of contention in our family. Four suitcases, each one a different color. I say they're coordinated. Absolutely. They say they're the same. No, they're coordinated. Absolutely. Color coordinated. Okay, let me talk about my Christmas gifts for my kids, because again... As this audience gets to know me, they know this is very typical of me. I wrap everyone's presents in a different wrapping paper. This is brilliant. It is brilliant because if you use name tags, the name tags inevitably fall off or you can't find the name tag. You can write it in pen, but sometimes the pen smears. So my kids were really young when I started this where They each got their own wrapping paper and that's how they identified their gifts. But what I also discovered about that is you have to have the exact same number of gifts under the tree. And it doesn't matter how much you spend. Like I could give one child an iPad and give another child a set of Lincoln Logs and it wouldn't make any difference as long as they each have the same number of gifts to open. They never looked at the price tag of their gift. They looked at well, she got three gifts and I only got two gifts. Yeah. So Although why that, have a squabble about that on Christmas morning when it right. can be easily fixed? Right. And easy to find your gift. Easy to know who it's for under the tree. The only problem now that my kids are adults and they wrap their gifts and put them under the tree, it mixes up my coordinated because I will coordinate all of the wrapping paper, like the suitcases, like I'll, one year I'll do all red, but it'll be a different pattern of red for each one to identify. So I have a question about that. As your family grows, because you now have a daughter-in-law and a son-in-law right. and a grandson, do they each get their own paper too? Or do you start like wrapping families in the same paper? Well, you can't wrap families in the same paper because then you couldn't identify Greg's gift from Jamie's gift. That's true. If you're not putting tax yeah. on them. That but I think what I this year, what I've decided to do is I think each family will get its own color group. So Greg and Jamie and Logan, I've already found their paper. So they have a red color group 
but coordinating patterns. Matt and Katie, I think, will probably get black and white or blue and white. Matt is Jewish. And so we still have our creative ways of incorporating his traditions into our traditions. Because when they got married, Katie said it was very important for her to continue her Christmas traditions. So he spends Christmas with us every year. So we have to incorporate his traditions. So they'll get blue and white wrapping paper. Eric usually gets some sort of outdoorsy, woodsy wrapping paper. I thought you were going to say purple and gold. Oh, that would be good. Well, my brother used to do that for them when they were little. He'd order Vikings wrapping paper and wrap all of their gifts in Vikings wrapping paper. But yeah, I could do that too. But I usually do because he's a real outdoorsman. So yeah, I usually find something with deer on it or fish on it or something like that for him. Something you wouldn't want your presents wrapped in? No. Does somebody take the time to give you your own individual wrapping paper? Jamie would. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So thoughtful. But, but the kids usually only give me, you know, like Greg and Jamie will give me one gift and Katie and Matt will give me one gift. So they don't really have to coordinate the paper because they're only wrapping one thing. Right. And Jeff will probably just have it wrapped at the store. And he does. Yeah. He either has it wrapped at the store or he'll go find like the... Girl Scout troop that's wrapping gifts at Barnes and Noble and have them wrap everything. I like the way he thinks. Wrapping <laughs> takes a lot of time. Yeah. And he's he's doesn't really have the patience for that. He doesn't do that kind of thing. So and I think I don't think he used to wrap. I think when we were first married, it would come in like a Fred Meyer bag or a, you know, he'd just bring the bag in and hand me the Fred Meyer bag. And I think one year I said, No, that's not gonna work for me. Rob finds the scraps of paper and wraps my gifts in all different patterns. Oh, I always know which presents are for me because they're the ones that have four different types of paper on them or they're the ones that are wrapped in newspaper. <laughs> yes, he's wrapped my Christmas gifts in newspaper. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It shouldn't surprise you. Uh, But we're getting dangerously close to our podcast that we want to do after Christmas about gifts, our our 10 worst gifts we've ever gotten. Yes. Or maybe that'll even be next week, just depending how the timing of everything goes. So yes, we are. I knew that. Yeah. So I wasn't going to go any further. Why? I should have just saved that. I'll say it again next time. Yeah. Erase that from your memory. Yeah. (laughs) Or don't. Or don't. Yeah, it's so kind you, of a teaser. So do you prefer when people give you Christmas lists? Oh, you already know the answer to this. You're just feeding me so I can tell my story. <laughs> my, no, I, I hate Christmas lists. I, I despise Christmas lists. And I'll tell you why. Because, well, in Jeff's family, at one point, Jeff's dad's wife is one of the most organized people I've ever met. Next to my father, my my dad was the most organized person I ever met. Pam was probably the second most organized person. And she believed in Christmas lists because she always wanted to make sure people got what they wanted as a gift. And what happened then is those lists became so detailed, like you didn't just want a sweater. You wanted the blue cashmere sweater in a size small in a certain brand. And it's like, okay, well, we're not really gift giving then because I believe that gift giving is about 
thinking about the person you're buying for and giving them something you thought of that you think they'll like, whether they want it or not. I love that. And I am torn on Christmas lists. I always ask the kids what they would like for Christmas because then I know what direction to go. And actually for the two younger boys, I could probably tell you or get pretty close to the things that they're thinking of, but they're always good to provide a list. I never have to worry. And in fact, Jimmy, and I love it, he sends links. Like the oh, Amazon what, yeah. link. You know? Oh, yeah. But I know he's getting exactly what he wants and he's going to be happy. And then I throw in a few things that I just thought of on my own that, oh, I think he would love this. I'm, I'm a huge, when I'm out shopping, if I see something that reminds me of someone, I think so-and-so would love that. I'll get that. And you're really good at that. I try to be. But then I have the older two boys where I would love a list because I have no idea what to get them. And I'll tell you, I get so incredibly frustrated because I put a lot of time and energy when you don't tell me what you want. I right. go through catalogs. I I spend a lot of time thinking of the perfect gift. And my son, Cameron, a couple of years ago, I still give him stockings from right. Santa. Oh, I do too. Absolutely. Last year when I went to Boise to bring him this year's stocking, the one from last year was still oh. stuffed. <laughs> I'm like, did you even look at what was in here? He's like, yeah, I think I turned it on. Like, there's some good stuff. So that was frustrating. And then when I go shopping for Kyle, he'll take the things out of the box he likes and leave the rest at the house and say, I'll just get it later. Oh, my kids do that. Oh, it's so frustrating. It's so much money and it's so much time and effort. And then it's taking up space in your house. Yes. And then I have to donate it. Right. I don't even give him... the choice. If I'm like, well, you know, it's been here four years. No, I send it to him now. I, you know, I have done that too. Yeah. It's like, hey, I bought, you don't want it. You deal with it. You right. give it to Goodwill. I'm <laughs> going to take care of it. I'm going to just ship it to you. And this is a huge discussion in our house. I believe that Christmas should be about what you want. Something you want. Yes. Rob believes that if you need something, it should be about the need. Well, you know which direction I go with that. I know. When the kids were younger, it could be more about the wants. And as right. they've gotten older and are out on their own, it becomes a little bit more about the needs. But I throw in a balance because I still can't do that. I want them to have something that makes them smile from their heart. Yes. New tires for a car or something. I, although those are great gifts. I could get I know. rims. They'd be more excited about that because they wouldn't have asked for that to go on those tires too. Well, a couple of years ago, Greg got a gift from work. He works for a, um, Deloitte and his boss gave everyone on his team an Apple watch for Christmas. And Greg's comment to that was, this is the best gift I never knew I wanted. <laughs> Because and and it summed it up beautifully because he loved that gift, but he didn't think he wanted it, and he certainly didn't need it. And I thought that is my philosophy in giving gifts. I like to find the gift that it's the best thing they never knew they wanted, and I don't always hit the mark. You know, I strike out a lot, but you have to know that I I have spent a lot of time thinking about the person I'm buying for. And I usually don't get 
anything on anyone's list. I I do with my kids. I will I will fill in, you know, I will get things that they say they really want. Like my this year, I hope she's not listening, but she wanted this perfume that she loves. This happened last year too. She usually switches perfume every year. And she doesn't like to spend the money on herself to buy the perfume. So I usually try to find the perfume for her. Well, of course, this year I waited too long and I can't find it anywhere. It's sold out everywhere. So she won't be getting that perfume from Christmas miracles. I know. It could happen. It could. Or I could find it somewhere. And I'll have to tell her the story about how hard it was to find. So she appreciates that she actually got this perfume. Right. It does really take a lot of effort and brain power. So right. I already know the answer to this next question, but uh-huh. or how what your thoughts are gift cards. I hate gift cards. Yeah. I knew you were gonna say that. Yeah, I hate gift cards because they, they're wasted again. Okay, and I okay, and I'm gonna tell you a little back in the day when we were doing the gifts based on the lists in Jeff's family and people were providing links and you could just click on the link and order, or, you know, or it had to be a real specific thing. I got to the point where I was monogramming everything so they couldn't return it. Or give it <laughs> as a gift at like a white elephant <laughs> yeah. party. Like that's right. always my fear. I'm going to go to one of oh, those right. parties and where you bring the worst be- gift and it's like a gift I gave. Right, them. right. Well, this was Jeff's mom, you know, God rest her soul. She passed away a couple of years ago, but she was the master of no matter what you gave her for Christmas, she would return it. And she would return things to Nordstrom's that didn't come from Nordstrom's. It could have come from Bloomingdale's. And she'd take it to Nordstrom's and try to return it at Nordstrom's. And Nordstrom's had such a good customer service policy that she usually got away with it. And then she'd walk away with the money instead. And it used to make me so mad. So I quit doing that, I I started buying her things and it would have her name monogrammed on it so that she couldn't return it. And it was the principle of it for me. It's like, right. if you want me to give you a gift card, I'll give you a gift, but I won't because I don't do gift cards. But it's like, don't take this gift and then go return it for the money. I It, it makes no sense to me. Again, that is a brilliant idea. Right. And you're brave to shop for clothes. I hate shopping for clothes for other people, especially women, because right. what if you buy the, the wrong, wrong size? size? What if you're looking at someone and thinking, oh, I think that would be a medium and they think they're an extra small. Right. Well, at, or the reverse. My daughter was so mad. The, one of the first years she was dating Matt and she's five nine and beautiful. But at five nine, you're rarely an extra small. And I think Matt was, she had wanted workout clothes for Christmas and Matt was very, okay, this, I'm, I'm cutting into another, <laughs> another episode. <laughs> One of them will move away from that. Yeah. But he wanted to please her. He went and picked out a really cute outfit that she loved from Lululemon in extra small. And she was so upset by that because she's like, when have I ever been an extra small? Why would you think, you know, and he spent like $200 on this outfit for her and she couldn't wear it and he didn't keep the receipt. So she didn't know if she could return it. And she was stuck with this extra small outfit. She goes, I'm five, nine. I've never been an extra small in anything. And so, you know, it does cause a little clothes that are tricky. They they are tricky. So I prefer to stay away from clothes and it wouldn't be very much fun shopping for my boys anyway, because, you know, they want jeans and black t-shirts or 
athletic shorts and a t-shirt and sweatshirt. Huh. Yeah. Not very exciting for not, me. No. I needed fun. that girl. Yeah, you did need that. I'm getting one. You're getting one. Yes. And I had fun shopping for her last year. And we'll have fun this year also. I've already start. Well, almost yeah. done actually. So yeah, of course you are because you always shop early. You're always done early. Not this year though. Oh. We're two weeks out and <laughs> I'm still not there. Oh, but I will be. I know. You know, one thing that stresses me out about Christmas shopping um, what? American Express. Because when I'm out shopping or I'm oh. placing orders online. No one takes American Express? No. They send Rob alerts. <gasps> oh, that's right. He tracks me and then I'll get a message. Hey. That's so funny. <laughs> Did you just spend such and such amount at this site or are you at this store right now? Yes. It's very frustrating to have American Express yeah, that's giving a, away my secrets. Yeah. And that's a that's a little problem we've never had because Jeff doesn't get alerts. Our credit card doesn't do that, doesn't send alerts. But he and I also made a pact when we were first married that in the month of December, we're not allowed to check the credit card statements for our bank account. We just don't check it until after Christmas because it's too easy to give away what you're giving for a gift if you check a credit card statement. Right. And I do worry about that because our statements are coming to the end and he's an accountant. <laughs> right. So he wants, what's this for? What's this for? What's right. this for? And he balances them <laughs> very regularly. So it's hard to surprise him. Yeah. But now since I have my own budget, I can do it. Yeah. Oh, that is a whole nother. That's a whole nother episode. Yeah. I love having my own budget. It yeah. gives me... Freedom. Freedom. It makes me feel a bit empowered and like I'm in charge and nobody can say anything about it. So right. I love it. Everyone questioned me when I did it that way, but it actually has been pretty smooth sailing. I think it's a great idea. I think it works really well. And I thought that I would ever do it. No, I, I get that. And I get very creative sometimes and saying, no, that's a family thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yes, I, I don't really like budgets either. But at Christmas, I really do try to stick by the budget I set. I don't set budgets. I know you don't. And I, <laughs> and I, it's because I don't have the discipline. It's kind of like my diet that I talked about in another episode. It's like I just don't have the discipline to stick by it. Right. Well, you know, like back in November, I said I was doing No Drink November. Right. And I did really well, although yeah. I did give my permission to go off that program the Wednesday before Thanksgiving because it will have been 25 days. And I think that's good enough. That is good enough. I agree. So at Thanksgiving, I was able to say, I, I did it. I'm thankful to have my drink tonight. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So, well, next week is the week of Christmas. Yes, it is. I believe it's already here. It's. I think that every year. Yeah, it, it goes by so fast. And it'll be a special episode. We'll be talking about, well, I don't want to give it away. You're going to have to tune in to find out. But we are happy, as always, that you've tuned in to this episode. And please remember, as you go through your holiday season, that there are people out there who are having a tough time. It costs nothing to be kind. So be sure to smile at everybody. Say happy holidays. Hold the door open. Uh, do what you can to bring a smile because that smile, it'll travel. So Thank you. Happy holidays. We'll talk next week. Cheers. Cheers. 
Thank you for tuning in to our podcast, Orange Juice Optional. What many of you wouldn't know is that this podcast has been a shared vision of ours for many years. And knowing what we know now, I can't believe we've waited so long to make our vision a reality. Right? I really think the hesitation on our part came from all the unknowns of podcasting. The biggest unknown being the toughest one. Where do we begin? That's when we found Podigy and Riley. And you know, if we had God send music, I'd cue it right now. Riley is a know-everything-about-podcasting kind of guy, and the best part for us was that he was so nice and down-to-earth about everything. And by everything, I mean he answered so many questions, he gave so much reassurance, and he offered advice on things we hadn't even considered. Initially, Podigy helped us choose our recording equipment, find our music, create our artwork, and set up our templates for recording. And seriously, how many Zoom calls did setting up the templates take? Probably too many to count because we are a technology challenge. But the best part of each one of those calls was the reassuring voice on the other end. I love that about Podigy. Now that our podcast setup is complete and things are running a bit smoother, knock on wood, Podigy is going to edit each upcoming episode, do our show notes, and get our show out there for the listeners. Their help takes so much off our plate that all we really need to worry about is our friendship, next week's topic, and if it's an orange juice needed kind of day. So if you're interested in podcasting, please don't let the unknown stop you. Please check out Riley at podigy.co. That's P-O-D-I-G-Y dot C-O. They have packages available based on each show's individual needs. Thanks again, Podigy. Our next toast is for you. Cheers. Cheers.